we talking about individual, I do feel like I'm the best. And I mean, it's, it's it was NBA legends that's, that's, that's walked through here. But I mean, I got a ways to go. I'm still young. Inside the green room with Danny Green. It's Danny Green. You are listening to Inside the Green Room with myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford. Throughout the podcast, you'll hear about our life experiences from wins, NBA titles, NCAA championships to the losses. Being sent to the G League, overseas, and everything in between. Stay tuned. Welcome to Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. It is episode four already, Danny. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, man. We're racking them up. <laughs> it's funny because I thought, remember, we were supposed to start this during the basketball season, but this is just how life is. Now, once you got traded, this kind of this whole situation changed. For sure. For sure. And I'm glad we're getting them in now. I don't know how much, you know, traveling during the season. Can I, I'm still, I'm still going to people listening in. They always been asking, when's the next one coming out? So. And that kind of keeps me on on top of things of trying to want to get that content out to them. So try to sleep, keep up with it as much as possible during the season, just as you know, same as we've been doing this summer. But it's good to get as many episodes as we can in the summer, man. Be you know for the, the listeners out there. Yeah, though this is going to be a, a good episode. We have my interview with De'Aaron Fox is going to be you listening. That's to dope, man. And then big got- shout out to him, man, for coming through, man. Appreciate him coming through and. Chopping it up with us. For sure. And another big shout out to Bria Hartley from the New York Liberty, who also hopped on the pod as well. But yeah, hometown hero. She's bigger than me in my hometown. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll find out who is better in horse. You'll guys hear that later in the conversation. <laughs> but uh, before we even get to that, Labor Day weekend just finished, Danny. What what, what have you been up to? I was working out in San Diego, man. So it was a, it's my first time out there. It's beautiful. Um, really nice. Great city. Um, weather's always great. I got a chance to be out there with some of the uh, Toronto staff and work out with Kawhi, you know, get a little feel for him where he's at, some of the stuff that he's been doing, some really good stuff. You know, I'm looking forward to some big things from him this season, and I'm sure he's been itching to get on the court. All he's been doing is pretty much working out for the last two years. It's kind of crazy. But um, it's a beautiful city, man. Met some, some great people, and I got a chance to get some good workouts in and work out on the beach. I mean, you can't beat that. Sam workout's tough, but it's fun and it's nice, nice views. Yeah, I'm going to ask you some more questions about Kawhi in a second. But with it, Labor Day weekend just finished. I want to remind you of a party uh, that yeah. that I had back in high school that you attended <laughs> and how you might owe me some money. <laughs> man, that's so long ago, man. So many parties in the basements when we was in high man, I remember those were the days. Yeah. That's a New York party for real. And you went to a party in the basement and you get a, a dub, which you used to call a dub, on, on the wall. It's a different definition back then than it is now. But, you know, getting dubs in basements, that was, some, that's some, that was a New York party. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And you, the dub that you got in my basement party, you done left a jean stain on my white walls, bro. <laughs> I didn't remember that one. That wasn't my fault. That was her fault. <laughs> There's another funny story about that, too, uh, in terms of uh, somebody who came to the party who actually uh, collapsed through my staircase. But that's another story for another, <laughs> that's another, story for another day. Um, yeah. But in terms of these workouts in San Diego with Kawhi, um, I Obviously, we're not there. There's no video of it. But tell me about the conversations that you're having with Kawhi. What is he saying about his body, his thoughts on Toronto? What did he, what did he say about the workout that he had with LeBron and Kevin Durant? I didn't really ask him that many questions, man. He just said it was a good workout. You know, we chop it up here and there. We talk a little bit about little. I don't get into details of, you know, I'm not trying to get all in his business of what he's trying to do with his movements. He asked me some questions. You know, how you feel about this, that, and other. But it's, it's great, man. I like the situation. Um, but, you know, we just... Got the workout, enjoyed the city, enjoyed you know, each other's company. But um, said his body looks good. He said his body feels good. Um, 
So I'm looking forward to see, you know, how he comes out this year. Everybody is, I'm sure. But I, I think he's antsy. You know, he's been said he's been working out for two years. Um, you know, we played some little bit of one on ones here and there just to get shape, get some contact game. We haven't played five on five much. He hasn't played five on five in a while. But just to get some contact, some twos we've done with you know Toronto and threes. But he he didn't play with that. But so we got some good some good workouts in, and he gave me some good feedback. Uh, so I don't know where his mind is at for the future. I can't predict or tell you. I can just tell you that the city of Toronto is going to be hard to turn down. You know, after being there for so I've, I've been gone every summer for the last ten plus years, mm-hmm. but, and it's a great city, and the fans are amazing. Just by the last couple of weeks, going up there for a couple of days here and there, of how they've you know shown me so much love as a Raptor now. You know, so much more well known there, and getting a great amount of feedback, great amount of love, all types of you know different stuff from the fans. So I said it's going to be tough for him to turn down. But, you know, so right now I think he's excited just to to play. So, yeah, for um, sure. It'll be fun. It'll be interesting to see. Fin, uh, the the fans in Toronto are going to be using you as a liaison to get to Kawhi. You know that, right? Uh, they I might take you out to dinner, so you can take Kawhi out to I'm dinner. Sure. <laughs> I think I'm the Kawhi whisperer for some reason. <laughs> you know, so I'll I'm, I'll take it. You know, cool. I'll, I'll everybody know. Yeah, cool. Y'all gonna give me all this? Uh, yeah, I'll I relay it. I relay the message <laughs> for sure. Hey, if uh, if I could be like the Kawhi Whisperer Part Two, like One B, y'all could throw me some stuff my way as well. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so while you were working out uh, in San Diego, you did take some time off to go to North Carolina for Alumni Weekend. What's that like uh, going back to the Dean Center? And take me inside of it for somebody who hasn't been there. Um, give me some in- insider information, some exclusive info on things that you guys might do or some things you might have heard or seen. It was amazing, man. Um, the whole weekend, just seeing the guys come back from even from some of the guys from the fifties, sixties, um, and seventies. Those teams, so those, those those are the pioneers. Those guys that paved the way. And then to the current guys, you know, just seeing so much love, family, everybody's family's there, everybody shaking hands, giving hugs, and saying how proud they are. Everybody representing the school the way they are or they have. Um, I think it get bigger each year, and just the whole. Um, you know, dedicating the court to Coach Williams was, was big, man. It was amazing. You know, Hubert Davis gave a great speech. Marvin, uh, amazing speech. And his son gave a, a hell of a speech as well. He's funny. You know, he gave a good one. And it got a little emotional at times for him. Got emotional at times for everybody else. You know, some onions were being cut in that crowd. You know, <laughs> Who cut the onions? Crowd. It was crazy. Um, but it was it was a good time. to see his grandkids, you know, pull, a, pull away. And you see his name on the court. It's the Dean Smith Center, but now it's the Roy Williams Court. So to see, you know, him be honored in that in that way was amazing. Man, I said it was a great it was a great weekend. They played some golf. I don't play golf, but they played some golf. They had some good footage of it. We had a nice little dinner. I went out, chopped it up with some of the guys, the, the girlfriends and wives. We got a chance to you know hang out and chop it up. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of guys were leaving to go overseas. A lot of guys were leaving to go back to their you know teams. So it was, a, it was a good weekend before you know guys got back to reality of things, getting back to work. So, you know, I had a lot of fun. Though. I'm looking forward to the next couple of years of, of doing that, especially next year, yeah. A- anybody get on you for your top five UNC players of all time list? Nah, nah, <laughs> dude. She was there, though. She, she was there. She, she, she should have had some beef with yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he was going to – I'm sure he don't listen to the pod. He don't listen to the media, do Instagram, social media, podcast. So I think I'm safe with that one. But she's my guy. He was on my team. Actually, I got a chance to play against the young guys. 
And, you know, she, uh, Marv, Ray, Ray Felton was there, was on my team. Marv Williams uh, and Shaman Williams. Oh, still Shaman, playing. That Shaman guy, used that to go still, in. Still got, he still does, man. That guy is a professional, man. He, and his son is only like five years old. He runs a pretty tight ship, but his son is nice, man. He can play and he can handle the ball just like his pops. But Shaman played with us. And it, was, it was a lot of fun, man. We ran the court a little bit. I think we went 6-0 and, and you know, let the young guys play after that, but it was fun, man, to be around and just see Coach Williams, see all the coaches. And every time we go back, man, they got some crazy shit in there, man. They've added new stuff. There's always new construction, new apartments. The arena, the locker rooms is better than the pros. Ten times better than the pro locker rooms. It's kind of crazy, but, you know, I'm happy for those young guys, and they they, did, they deserve it. They earn it. Uh, Real quick, is Nazir Little a one and done? Is Nazir, Nazir Little a yeah, one and done? Yeah, is Nazir Little I'm sure he could be. I'm sure he could be, but I'm sure he's gonna love the he's gonna love the campus and the coaching staff and the team so much. He's gonna at least stay for you know two years, and you know, Coach Williams kind of you know gets guys to buy into the system and buy into winning. And it's hard to win in one year, and it's hard to really experience college in one year. And obviously, he expresses the importance because he cares about guys as more so as a person than he does as a player. The importance of graduating. So he's going to push that even if he does leave or not. He's going to push for him to try to come back and graduate. You know, Marvin, I don't know if you know, Marvin was the first one-and-done guy to come back and actually graduate, get his degree. Nice. He graduated, I think, a, year, a couple of years ago, which is amazing, man. He was the first. He said he only did one year the first one. He came back every summer for the last, like, 10 years and graduated. And he was a, and he was a sixth man when he got drafted, too, right, if I remember correctly. He was, yeah, he came off the bench, and he was number two pick. I think he, yeah, I'm pretty sure he came off the bench, but he's number two pick, man. So, That's yeah. Dope. That's nice. Uh, For sure. Before we get to my uh, interview with De'Aaron Fox, I did want to uh, ask you, the last podcast, you talked about your time in Cleveland. You said said Shaq used to get you in a lot of trouble. Oh, man. All those guys. I want to know what that trouble is. (laughs) All those guys, man. I need need, need need something to happen. They had me doing stuff, man. I should have been doing as a rookie, trying to follow the bets. Um, But I'll give you a story on the I'll give you two. Okay. Um, the sideline dancing is y'all seeing me on the sideline with LeBron dancing on the sidelines. That was one of the instances where I, I did get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously it was disrespectful. I didn't know what was going on. I was just having fun with my teammates and just doing what they tell me to do. Dave, rookie, you better get your ass out there and do it. You know what I'm saying? You better, and I got to do what they tell me to do. You know what I'm saying? So I did it, man. And then after the game, they pulled me aside. You know, the front office, head office, I think Danny Ferry was there. Listen, you know. I understand you're having fun. You know, it's a business. You be professional. Don't do what these guys tell you to do. And I'm just like, shit. You know, damn it. <laughs> I know I should. I know I should have got out there. You stuck between a rock. Yeah, you stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. I was like, another time I got in the game. I said, you, you, you hit a three. You better throw up that goose. It was like a, a you know, little three. Uh, Jamario Moon had this thing he used to call it the gooseneck. <laughs> and he's like, you hit a three. You better throw up that gooseneck. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, oh man. So I did it. I, I hit a three and I threw up the gooseneck that I'm like, and then after the game, once again, look, you're a rookie. You understand these guys to tell man, these guys are constantly giving me trouble. I'm not doing shit they yeah. tell me anymore, but if you don't do what they tell you to do, it's only going to be worse for you. So there's been many instances where I got in trouble trying to do what they tell me to do. And, you know, but it was a lot of fun and a lot, I learned a lot fast. I learned a lot quickly. <laughs> well, maybe if you didn't dance, the Cavaliers wouldn't have released you. You would have stayed. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> Maybe it all it all turns out for the best. It all well, turns for sure. out for the best. Uh, for sure. All right, so we're gonna get to this interview with De'Aaron Fox and Bria Hartley, and then uh, we'll get the mail back in as well. So uh, stay tuned.
to Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. This is Danny Green, Inside the Green Room. Make sure to follow us on all social media. On Instagram, we are at Inside Green Room. On Twitter, we are at Green Room Inside. Also, if you want to hear your questions answered in our mailbag, shoot us an email at InsideDGreenRoom at gmail.com. Once again, InsideDGreenRoom at gmail.com. That's green like the color with no E at the end. You never know. You just might want a gift from me or one of our guests. Until then, let's get back to the podcast. We're back with another segment of Inside the Green Room. Danny's on a break for this next segment as I'm in Houston, Texas with one of the best players from Houston. Where do you think you actually stand, De'Aaron? I think I'm, I think I'm the best. I think um, the only way people couldn't give it to me is because I never won a state championship. But if we're talking about individual, I do feel like I'm the best. And I mean, it's, it's, it was NBA legends that's, that's, that's walked through here, but... I mean, I got a ways to go. I'm still young. So uh, De'Aaron Fox, if you guys couldn't tell by now, is here in Katy, Texas, having a charity bowling event for the Fox Hope Family Foundation. Uh, what does this event mean to you? Um, I mean, it's just great. You know, just I, honestly, just to see the turnout, because I didn't even promote it that much. But uh, <laughs> I mean, it's something that my mom's on. And, um, you know, it's really for uh, so all the money and all the proceeds are are going to uh, the Breast Cancer Foundation. So uh, my mom had breast cancer when I when I was really young. So when she she was fighting through that and um, mostly in like elementary and middle school. But um, we would always go to this walk in October for uh, breast cancer. And I mean, it's something that's extremely important to my mom. And then I couldn't do it in high school because, you know, basketball started taking over. But mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely something that, that I enjoy doing for her. And um, I mean, this event, this turnout is just great. That's great because now you cannot just use your skills on the court to provide for your family, but to provide for those people who are going through those same battles that your family went through already. Oh, definitely. I mean, once people get to, you know, that sport, it's, it, it happens a lot with, with like superstars. You know, they always have a charity or something that they're really they're really fond of or, or, or really love doing. And, and as far as helping, you know, people you, you always see people helping their community. And um, I mean, once you once you become a professional athlete, that's not all that you are. Now you're a public figure. And um, this was I would say it's easy because, you know, it's something that my mom loves and, and, and I love her and I love what she does. And um, I mean, it's just easy to kind of, you know, just put things together and, and, and just come out here and, and, and watch, you know, older people and little kids, you know, just enjoy themselves. Mm-hmm. So originally your number was zero because you don't fear anybody. And, and Westbrook, my my favorite, my current favorite player. Oh, yeah, yeah. Westbrook is your current favorite player. Yeah. Uh, but you didn't, you didn't fear Westbrook when you first saw him on the court. Oh, no, nah, no, nah, I don't fear anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're playing against the best now. You can't you can't go out there and be scared. Yeah. So did you chop it up with Westbrook? Do you talk a little smack when you play against him? Or is it uh, just, you, you have so much respect that you can't? Oh, no, no, no. You can have respect for somebody, but you, I mean, it, it's, it still gets intense. People, people still going to talk. So, so of course, you know, we, we, we talk back and forth a little bit, but, um, I mean, I have a respect level for him just because he's my favorite player, but I mean, I'm going to go at him when, we, when we're on the court. So when you talk trash on the court, obviously I know you're a big Dragon Ball Z fan. The Kame Kame highs, right? I <laughs> Did any did any veterans like slow down because you can't you can't do that? No, nah, like, I don't be saying that like that. I, I heard I heard there was one. Yeah, thing. it's a clip in Dallas. I'm like, <laughs> I thought it was edited. Like oh. I really. Oh, you didn't say it. Nah, so like people like people like man, just say you said it. But like <laughs> I'm like yo, I really didn't say it. Like <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I, I really didn't say it. But uh, one Goku Knight, my favorite my favorite character was Vegeta. So I wouldn't even say Kamehameha. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, fair enough. <laughs> but not like like real like for real for real like I didn't say it. Yeah. Well, but on, on the internet, it seemed like yeah, it did. I was it, like, oh, he bucking. Nah, they, like, they, they really pulled the clip from the game. 
It's oh. like it's not edited at all. It's raw footage. And mm-hmm. Somebody said it, but I <laughs> it, it wasn't you. No, nah, I wouldn't. But in Dallas, they got these. They got microphones on the rim, right? Mm-hmm. So you would hear every word. If it's a swish, you really hear it. If it's a brick, you really hear it. So somebody said it. <laughs> it sounded like you. That was pretty. <laughs> you liking Dragon Ball Z? Uh, with your hair, is your hair is your haircut kind of inspired by that? That's, I see it on the poster on the on the on the advertisement for this bowling event. You kind of play with it a little bit. I mean, I play with it, but my hair wasn't. That's not why. Yeah. So. It's like I would say last time I cut my hair was probably like junior year, mm-hmm. but I was just growing it out. Like I was, I would start twisting it, let it go, and it started getting spiky. And I'm like, I dig that, so yeah. I kept doing it, kept doing it. Now my hair is super long, and that's what people think it is. Yeah. But no matter what I tell people, they're not gonna believe me. Mm-hmm. But like, it's, it really wasn't inspired by that. But I mean, I see where they get it from, and it's it's cool though. You know, people people love it. Mm-hmm. Like people, a lot of people tell me not to cut my hair. Some people tell me I need to cut this bush off my head. But <laughs> uh, nah, nah, it ain't happening no time soon. <laughs> You're inspiring new new 2K prototypes with the hairstyle. Oh yeah, oh, they yeah, yeah. yeah. They putting they they starting to put that stuff. Like I mean, yeah, I think a lot of players coming in the league with with, with a lot of hair, so they gotta yeah, they gotta yeah, adapt so that. Write, yeah. What's your ranking for this 2K? Oh, uh, I don't even know. Man, because I, I didn't ask my rating. I mean, ever since I got in the league, I don't really play 2K that often. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you be around basketball so much. I just... Try to take a break. You yeah. play Black Ops. Yeah, I play, I play Call of Duty. I play Fortnite a little bit. Um, I play, like, God of War. I, start, I, play, I like to play games that I don't do that in real life. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to shoot a bat. I don't want to come from practice and then put on some more basketball. So mm-hmm. that's why I kind of stay away from 2K a little bit. Speaking of basketball, your rookie season, um, how did you feel when it came to the time of awards were coming out and it was Jason Tatum, Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell, and we didn't hear your name in those list of candidates. And what have you been doing this summer to kind of make sure that your name is in there for sophomore of the year, even though it's not in the world? Um, for myself, honestly, the last two years, freshman year at Kentucky and my rookie season in NBA, I don't think I play well. That's, oh, really? I don't think I play well at all. I mean, I shot... You know, uh, 25% from three in college and average 17 points and still, you know, top five pick. I don't feel like I play well at all. And then this year, I feel like there were times where I struggled. I feel like there were, you know, like two or three months where I had really good, where I had, you know, really good stretches of game. So uh, I feel like I haven't played to the best of my ability and I'm, I've been getting in the gym, getting in the weight room. Some, you know, uh, you really gotta, you know, uh, really have to transform your body, you know, playing the NBA. So I've been doing that, you know, getting up a lot of shots. You know, I don't. I don't have to work on my handle that much. I don't have to work on my speed. Like that's, that stuff there. there. My yeah. my athleticism there. So I get in the gym and I work on stuff that I know I need to work on. You know, when I was in high school, I was scoring a lot of points because I made a lot of jump shots. And um, to to last in this league, especially at the point guard position, you got to make jump shots. So that's something I really need. That I know I'm going to need to do. And I'm my hardest critic. So who's more likely to win Rookie of the Year, Harry Giles or Marvin Bagley? Out of the two. So it's depending on minutes right now, but. I mean, I would have to say Harry. You know, he's going through a whole year of, you know, his NBA stuff. Kind of like like Ben. Mm-hmm. He went through a whole... But Ben, you know, didn't do anything because, you know, his knee was hurt. You know, Harry was more so rehabbing and making sure he's ready. But he went through everything with us. You know, like there's scrimmages. So he's kind of used to that. He's kind of used to the NBA physicality and speed. But he's not... You know, he hasn't had the intensity of a game yet. But he'll definitely be able to adapt to it because he's a year older than Marvin. And he also has a year of, you know, experience... Basically in the NBA, you know, he's a rookie, but he's not a rookie. So uh, I, w- I would definitely think they're both great players. But uh, just from the experience and that experience plays a, a, a large role in the NBA. So uh, I would have to go with Harry out of the two. OK, I'm going to let you get back to the bowling event. Uh, how easy is it for you to get a strike? You any good out there? Oh, yeah, I'm nice at bowling, especially on the Wii. I'm nice at bowling, though. But uh, on the Wii? Yeah. Well, we talking on the nah, we talking both. 
Oh, okay. Both. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm kind. I'm kind of nice at the. Ball. I'm not like like CP and them. Like when they when they be having a tournament, they be oh, two, rolling two twenties and two thirties. I'm not nice like that. Can you get an invite though? Nah, I can't get an invite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna practice a little bit though. I live by a bowling alley, pretty much. So we'll, we'll work on getting you an invite. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm about to work on my golf swing. That's what I need. Okay, fair enough. I appreciate the Aaron. Take care. All right, man. Thank you. Down Floor is a new social media app where users can find events in their area and interact with other attendees. Create a profile, follow friends, post pictures, videos, win points, and most importantly, have fun when you download the new Down Floor app, available on iPhone and Android. We're back with another segment of Inside the Green Room. I'm your co-host, Harrison Sanford. Obviously, Danny Green on the phone line with me. And we're going to talk about the De'Aaron Fox interview that I had in a moment. But, Danny, you have a special guest right there with you in Long Island, uh, Bria yeah. Hartley. Uh, Bria, what's up? Thank you for hopping on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so, Thanks for coming through. Really appreciate you taking the time. Anytime. You know, I always come through. So my first question, Bria, for everybody, so everybody that's listening can know, how do you two know each other? Well, I've known Danny since I was real young. He always played ball in town. We played my brother a little bit back in the day. And his dad actually coached me for a little bit growing up. So we've known each other for a long time. He probably known me since I was a baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, she was very young when I was um, playing. We were also from the same hometown. Her brother was my age. We played on the same team. So my dad obviously coached women's basketball. So, yeah, many times. Daddy, did you a long time ago? Did you ever give her brother her brother the business, or are you trying to play nice? What's the deal? Eugene was actually he was good. He's actually really good. Um, luckily, we played on the same team, but we had some. You know, we went at it a little bit here and there, probably middle school and their school. <laughs> but he was good, though. He probably stopped playing I think around high school, but he was good. Yeah. So the the one thing I have to wonder, Daddy, is like Bria is nice. She was a McDonald's All American. Why in the world mm-hmm. couldn't you convince her? To go to North Carolina, what's the deal? <laughs> <laughs> it's tough, man. It's tough when you got schools like UConn coming after you. They won national championships been there every year, um, but you know Carolina campus is nice, and so it kind of sells itself. So when you're winning, it's tough to turn down that type of opportunity. Hey, Bria, he must have not sent you enough free gear or something. I thought USC was great. The campus was great. That was always actually my dream school. But I mean, you mean, I met Coach R.M. and it was just kind of, uh, this is where I need to be. They had a really, it was a really good place for me to have an opportunity to play right away. And like I said, they win almost every year. So I got two national championships there. So that's always positive. <laughs> so you do have you one. You can't beat that. Yeah, you do have you more national. You got more national championships than Danny. So you got something over Of course, him. man. You serious? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I don't think they lose. It's, it's a shocker when they lose. When they don't win one, it's a shocker. Right. <laughs> so, Bria, you're in town, obviously being from Long Island. Uh, there's also the LeBron 16 event that was in New York City. Uh, what was your... Uh, experience like, and for people who are listening, what is what was that whole experience in, in general? Explain the inspiration behind it. Uh, I thought it was really cool um, going to the event, um, meeting different people, a lot of powerful black women, powerful um, African Americans in general, and I just love the idea of uh, having three black women collaborate on the design for the shoe, 
it's kind of like a girlier shoe and it's a little stylish. It has the little uh, strap that you can wear as jewelry. So it was really cool um, how LeBron did that and he created that platform for African-American women. Danny, you got anything on that? You got any shoes that you working on? Uh, me, nah. I'm working on getting a shoe. got some things in the works. I can't speak on it just yet. But, you know, Rock Nation, they have a different movement going right now. Um, talking to Nike, talking to different companies, trying to see what they want to do. But figuring out from there, Once, if I do, you know, decide to go to a new company, then I might have something in the works. And hopefully I can you know, have something going for the, the women's side, you know. It would be nice. Speaking of the women's side of uh, basketball, Bria, number, you were the number seven pick in the 2014 WNBA draft, selected by the Seattle Storm, and then traded to the Washington Mystics. And now both of those teams are going to be playing in the WNBA finals. For you, how explain that feeling that you have um, as you see both of these two teams that you were once a part of, obviously the Storm, a lot shorter than the Mystics, now competing uh, for the WNBA title. Uh, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I just imagine I, I could be there still in Washington or if I stay with Seattle in that situation. But, I mean, everything happens for a reason. I have lots of friends still on the Mystics and on Seattle, and I'm just happy that they have the opportunity to to go and play in the finals, and then hopefully that opportunity comes for me sooner rather than later. Did you find yourself pulling for uh, Sue Bird or pulling for uh Della Don, just because that's, you know, those are two of your former team, or not, well, Super was your former teammate, not Della Don, but pulling for either of those teams to make it to the finals? Yeah, I feel like I was uh, pulling for Seattle for sure. They've had a great season. Um, they're number one uh, throughout the whole season, so they've been playing really well. I think at first year pulling for Washington, one, because I want to go see some of the games and it's close to the so, also, speaking of the women's game, because of the, the play so far, I know last year the attendance was up um, versus going all the way back, the highest it was since 2011 in terms of uh, local attendance. And then this oh, year, this year, we've big, seen, yeah. yeah, it's huge. And then this year, we've seen an increase of at least 30% in the WNBA rankings itself. Um, and you're talking about a summer where you're also competing with the World Cup. Um, so, it's nice to see yeah. that rating spike. With that talk, though, there's been uh, conversations on how women can be better compensated uh, in terms of the basketball-related income uh, or basketball-related revenue. Why do you feel that this hasn't happened yet, and why should it um, for the women's game? Yeah, I think uh, our game has definitely been growing throughout the years. I think each year our attendance goes up, and uh, I think our our game is really fun to watch. A lot of people who kind of knock the women's game haven't even been to a game or don't even try to watch it. So I think um, we just got to get more people to games. And once you get to a game and you have that experience, people normally love it and enjoy their experience. And as far as compensation, um, I mean, us women work really hard to do what we do. A lot of us play overseas so we can make some more money. And we're playing year-round. We rarely have time off, so it would be nice if we're able to make some more money, we're able to stay home, we're able to have an off-season where we can rest a little bit and work on our game. Um, I think one thing that's going to help that is kind of the the TV contracts. I think they talk about the women's game being on ESPN, but it's only certain games. Like I think even the playoffs, there's a couple games are like ESPN News or ESPN3, and they're not on that main network. So I know they say, oh, women's basketball doesn't get as many ratings, but you're not going to get the ratings if you're not on TV more often and putting the women's game on there more often so people can watch. Danny, for, for you. Very true. 
Yeah, Danny, Go ahead. We'll see you there. Danny, for you as somebody who's playing basketball and obviously the NBA, they get the 50 50 uh, split with the, with the owners, the players do. How, uh, what is your opinion right. on the whole situation with the WNBA? I mean, I think they definitely deserve more, man. They definitely to be on, deserve to be on TV more. I think it's part of our duty. You know, the basketball world is a fraternity, um, whether it's men or women, and it's kind of our job to help each other out, push each other, get each other deals we deserve to have, uh, whether it's contracts on or off the court, you know, just kind of like they do in acting. You know, I, I think there was like a story with Bradley Cooper, like Jennifer Lawrence, you know, how much he's making for some film so that she can, I guess, negotiate for more. We should kind of, we should be able to do that as well. We should you know, take upon ourselves to try to help them get to the platform that we're at and push them, push for them. So um, it's a part of our duty as well, you know, to help them get there. But uh, they, they deserve it, man. They, they put up, um, they play well enough. They definitely put up the numbers um, when it comes to, I guess, on the court. Just off the court, it's, it's, it's tough. we got to get more people, more more viewings, more the word out. And, um, you know, it starts with local stuff. But I think it's, it's big that things are growing. But it could be, it could be growing faster, it could be growing better. And I think it's due to, to us we can do more a part of it of helping that. Yeah, I mean, and, the, and and overall, I mean, the women's game, there's just a lot of talent on the court right now. There's star power. For sure. I mean, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm sure there's some things that maybe Bria's not too humble to tell us that she can do even better than you, Danny. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> they do everything better than us. Man. <laughs> Are you kidding me? They're way more fundamental. They play better defense. They listen to their coaches. We, we don't do that. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, Bria, the game of horse, who wins, you or Danny? In the game of horse? Yeah. I'm not a three horse player, bro. Uh, I think I'll win. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely I'll losing. I'll make up a little more crafty with the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely losing the game, bro. <laughs> Put a lot of pressure. I think. Tell him the fans a lot, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> he got the shot, though. He got the shot for sure. <laughs> uh, so when it comes back to the whole uh, WNBA topic in terms of uh, women getting a better share of the revenue split, uh, is that impacting, Bria, is that impacting your decisions of what you're going to do in the offseason? I know you were playing in Turkey last year, and I believe the year before that. Are you heading back there uh, shortly? What are your plans for this, quote-unquote, WNBA offseason? Yeah, I'll be heading back overseas. Um, I actually had a really good season last year, and now I'm heading back to Turkey for, to play with their top team. So, um, so I mean, it's excited that league over there. I'll be playing in EuroLeague for the first time, so it's, great to uh, get that type of exposure. You know, a lot of people talk about the WNBA being one of the best leagues, but that second best league, I think, is EuroLeague for sure. And, um, I mean, I enjoy playing overseas, and obviously I make a lot more money over there than I do here. So um, kind of got to gotta do it so I can pay my bills. <laughs> yeah, well, that's interesting. I always uh, – so I had a question. I just wanted to jump in before you continue to move forward because I always see a lot of my teammates, um, you know, in the – a lot different being a parent as a dad than as a mom, you know, juggling mm-hmm. family and stuff like that. You know, obviously the dads, I'm not saying that all, all dads are like this. They don't have a big role in their kids' lives. But I feel like mom's role is a lot more major and, you know, a lot closer knit to the child, especially when they're a young age. So I'm wondering how, you know, women juggle, you know, the family thing with having a, a little one and traveling and playing. So, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but Bria, she has a little one and, She's obviously more grown than I am these days. So I was <laughs> wondering how, how she juggled those things. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was obviously an adjustment. Um, kind of something I just said when I was going to have them, just 
do whatever I can and do the best I can. Uh, a lot of times I don't always have it all figured out. I just kind of figure it out as I go. But during the WNBA season, he travels with me. Um, I have a friend that travels with me, and she helps me out and watches him. And then overseas, she's also going with me over there. So she decided to come over there and live with me for, for seven months. And she just uh, watches him while I go to practice and games. When he's here, he travels with me from game to game. But overseas, I don't have him travel as much because it's from different country to different country. So um, it's kind of relaxed over there. I try to get him to meet some friends. Um, Istanbul is a great city. It's very Americanized. There are a lot of other American players there. And uh, everyone loves him. When we were in Turkey last year, he was like a little celebrity uh, <laughs> everywhere we went. <laughs> People were stopping to like uh, play with him and sometimes to the point where it was actually annoying. It was like, okay, we got to go, <laughs> like, leave us alone. But he's learned to love the game of basketball. I think it's really cool how he's able to grow up and kind of watch my career, whereas most most women in the WNBA kind of wait until their careers are over to have a kid. And so it's kind of – they don't get to see it. They just kind of hear about their, their parents playing in WNBA. So it's cool that he's able to watch me play and kind of see the impact that I have on the court and hopefully that – impacts him as well. That's dope. Um, I always wondered how that would well, I was going to talk to my team to play overseas, but and it's interesting to see uh, you know, how the kids grow up in different countries. I always wanted to travel as a kid. I never had a chance to experience many countries. I don't think I swear it's any countries as a kid. <laughs> but um, it's just interesting to see how they pick up certain things in different cultures and if they're going to pick up any languages. Is he trying to learn any languages over there in Turkey or is he just sticking to English right now? I think right now he's sticking to English just because okay. he, he's <laughs> around that. But my, I had two teammates last year that were Bosnian, so uh, every time they would talk, he would kind of hear them. <laughs> but hopefully he's not saying too many words in English yet either, so I think we'll see more of that this year and years to come as far as the language thing. And then hopefully when I go play for the French national team, he can pick up some French. And hopefully, I can learn something. <laughs> yeah, that would be dope. French, French, you know, Bosnia doesn't sound too attractive. Right. <laughs> well, you know, one thing is for sure: when your son does get a little bit older, Danny, you're gonna have to hook up her son with free basketball lessons all the time. Oh, for sure. Oh, for right. sure. That's definite. That's most definite. You know, me and my, my dad still coaches too, so you know, Mr. Green's gonna be always in the, the right. local neighborhood. We'll both be in there teaching the kids, the youth, the next generation, man. Hey, so, Bria, I know you're right there with Danny face-to-face. I'm going to ask you to give me an honest answer despite your friendship with Danny. You ready for this? (laughs) (laughs) An honest answer. (laughs) I need you to tell me who is going to be in the NBA Finals next year and who is going to win. (laughs) Keep it real with me, Bria. Who's going to be in the NBA Finals? I mean... LeBron going to LA, I feel like you could never count LeBron out. That's okay. gonna be a tough matchup. And then on the East, I'm I'm kinda eager to see what Boston's gonna do when Kyrie comes back and Gordon Hayward comes back. So we'll see see how that goes. <laughs> Danny, you heard that? Are well, you are you I, I did. I did. <laughs> I mean, she gave an answer that I would give you now. I wouldn't give you a direct like, yo, these are the two teams for sure. <laughs> It was it's safe to say I, I would think you know Golden State, but um, so you can't count LeBron out ever. And Boston's always a, a good pick. It's interesting to see, interesting to see how they 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 stay healthy. That's always a big part of the playoffs, man. As a basketball player, you got to play those odds. Whoever's the healthiest and playing the best, you never know who that is going to be at the end of the year. 
All right, Bria, and before we do that, give me a quick WNBA finals prediction as well. For the finals, I think I'm going to go with Seattle. And I think it's going to go all the way to game five. Okay. Well, I appreciate your time, Bria. Go ahead and uh, get Danny in that one-on-one horse matchup for me. (laughs) Yeah, we appreciate you coming through. Thanks for taking the time again. Um, Good luck with everything in Turkey. We'll be watching. We'll be tuning in. Trying to keep up with what's going on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. Music for Inside the Green Room is provided on behalf of The Cut Buddy, the number one best-selling beard and haircut tool as seen in GQ, Forbes, and on Shark Tank. Give their website a visit at thecutbuddy.com. Welcome back to Inside the Green Room. Hope you enjoyed the conversations with De'Aaron Fox as well as Bria Hartley. Uh, we're going to get into the mailbag for a minute, but just looking back at the Aaron Fox interview, Danny, um, yeah. him saying that, frankly, he thought he sucked at Kentucky yeah. and Sacramento. That's um, for somebody who's a lottery pick. That's awfully humbling to hear somebody like that say that. It also lets me know that he means it may, he means he's grinding in the gym. For when, sure. Because when you can be that honest with yourself, it can turn out to real positive things in the back end. Definitely, man. It's always a good sign when you're your own biggest critic and you're as good as he is and successful. Um, but it just goes to show you, you know, how different the college game is from the league game. Um, coming out, I felt the same way. So much that I didn't know, so much difference from that level to the next level. And just reading things and knowing things and, and kind of perfecting your craft and finding your craft, actually, whatever it is, whatever system you're in. It's all timing as well. So, um, <clears throat> said for him to know that and to see, you know, and also see where he's grown, it, it's kind of dangerous. You know what I'm saying? To show how much potential he really has. So, um, yeah, I don't think he sucked at all. <laughs> but um, it goes to show how, how, how hard he is on himself and how much, you know, how much potential he has and how great, great of a player he's going to be in this league. Just by that statement, I already know he's going to have some great things to come. And so I'm looking forward to seeing his potential, see him grow and see where, you know, next couple of years, I think he could be an all-star in this league for sure. Yeah, it's going to be interesting as well for him um, and the Sacramento Kings. As he mentioned, yeah, Marvin Bagley could be the rookie of the year, but so can uh-huh. so can Harry Giles, especially with him having been able to sit out for a year, similar to what Ben Simmons did. For sure. I mean, you got that year to, under your belt of working out, understanding and reading the game and watching the film. That definitely does help. Um, but obviously he's a talented case, so I thought he's talented. He's taught the work. And he would know more than any, he'd know better than anybody with the, the work and the grind that these guys are putting in behind closed doors uh, since he's probably around them more. But, um, you know, that year definitely helps. So it's learning the system, learning the game, learning, uh, watching a lot of film, knowing players. That's the biggest thing in the league is knowing your personnel that you're playing against. And um, and also, guys not knowing who you So you come to the league, nobody really knows who your strengths are. So your first year, mm-hmm. it, it, you can pretty much – you have freedom to do a lot of things because nobody really knows what your strengths are. Nobody really knows. And so you can come back here with a whole new game and and, and kind of surprise everybody. Nobody really catches on. Some people never catch on to certain guys' games. That's why they're all-stars. So they just get better and better each year. Never know what's so up good this at it. Yeah, they're so good at it. You can't stop it regardless. So, but the other guys, you know, usually, you, oh, he's a great shooter. He's a great other group guy. And then they kind of catch on after the year and like, all right, we got to get to this guy. And they don't let you shoot as much or they don't let you drive it as much. But, um, you know, he said that year definitely helps. And then coming into that year fresh with a, a new identity, um, you don't know, it's wide open. I got to say one more thing. <laughs> uh, I want to thank De'Aaron Fox, not only for, oh, doing for sure. the, not only for doing the interview, but 
giving me a good excuse to go to Houston because man, <laughs> <laughs> Houston's nice, man. Houston is nice, man. Oh. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, yeah. big shout out, man. We appreciate him taking the time out and allowing you to get out the city, man. Yeah, sure. yeah, Houston's fun, uh, and I'll and I'll leave it at that. Into the bail bag now. Uh, first question, Danny. Your pregame routine. They want to know what you do from the wake up to the end of the game, or up into the game. Uh, Why you well, been it's, it's interesting now because now I'm in New City. It's probably gonna be a little different. But usually, wake up. We have shoot around in the morning, around ten or so. I usually get up, go to shoot around, um, and probably have a little breakfast there or something like that. What's if breakfast? Not, I'll eat What's breakfast? Usually, I'll get, I'll get something light before I shoot around, like a little scrambled eggs or an omelet or something. And then we have shoot around for about an hour or so, and we stretch ice and get out of there. Then I'll probably go to real breakfast after that, <laughs> where I get my where I get my pancakes mm-hmm. and then I get a big scrambled legs, maybe some you know some fruit. Try to get all all of the food groups in the food pyramid, mm-hmm. and then I go back home and then I, I pass out man for at least an hour and a half, two hours would be nice. Is that is it easy to get that nap in like? Or is it just like because it's just a routine? You're you're in it now. Well, it's easy for me because I'm I'm usually up weird hours of the night, so um, I'm usually up late night, early, early mornings with the dogs and stuff like that. So, and either way, I'm, I'm good at taking naps. So I've perfected that. <laughs> sleeping at night is different, but sleeping during the day, taking a nap, I'm pretty good at. So it's not hard. Okay. I'm trying to get at least an hour to two hours in of a nap. Two hours would be great. An hour and a half would be you know perfect. And then you know wake up. They usually give you a pregame meal or something. Heat that up. Eat the eat the meal before you head to the arena. What's that? Go what's, to the arena. What's the pregame meal? It's different stuff each time. It's usually um, some some grilled chicken or it could be some pasta or it could be some you know no green no greens. No, there's some greens in there. There's always some Brussels sprouts or a spag or something like that. You taking part in those? But, uh, huh? You taking part in those? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, I, I eat the greens, man. It's not my main meal. But it's part. <laughs> okay. of, it's part of the meal. It's part of the food group. Okay, it's the I understand. I understand. So I make sure even when I go to dinners with my homies, like, y'all gonna get some greens or something. I feel like I feel like the parent. Like we gonna get some, we gotta get some green to eat around here. You know, we gotta eat some asparagus or Brussels sprouts or something. Yeah. So um, yeah, I gotta get some greens in there, and then so that I eat that, then I'll head to the arena. Usually, I'm. I don't know about this year, but last year I'm usually on the court about an hour and a half beforehand, getting my individual work in, getting the feel for the court. So I'm at the arena about two hours beforehand, get dressed, change, whatever, taped up, whatever I need, and then get to the court about you know 90 minutes on the clock, get a workout in for about 15, 20 minutes, get off the court, the next guy goes. I get a stretch. Some guys lift. I usually get a stretch, listen to music, watch some film. What are you listening to? Some guard. Uh, depends on who's hot, right? Who's out right there at the time? You know, there's a new Eminem out right now. Oh yeah, he's been some new Eminem. Yeah, you know I'm saying, been, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm listening to a lot of different guys. Yeah, Eminem's um, been college. Out. College, I used to be a little more superstitious. I used to listen to the same songs, same music. Now I'm listening to whoever's out, you know, yeah. whoever's hot. So I'm listening to music as I'm getting stretched and then get taped and then put the uniform on. We watch film as a team around you know 35 minutes and then get out to the court about 20 minutes to get some lap lines and get some more warm-up and shooting it. So it's pretty simple, man. Nothing major. I don't have any superstitions. I don't have anything I have to do over and over, but make sure I get certain things in, whether it's a stretch and, you know, you know, I guess watching some film. So other than that, you know, nothing major. So you getting, you getting like four different workout routines. You like working out four different times during the game day. Oh, for sure, but it's not heavy workouts. We're doing a lot of, uh, you know, it's just pregame walkthroughs, getting the mind right, smelling the gym, that's shoot around. And then before that, another pregame walk, smell the gym, get the legs of the mind, mentally ready for being on the court. And then said, watching the game, preparing yourself, said mentally and physically just to getting out there. 
and knowing who you're playing against. It's the biggest thing in this league is knowing your personnel and, and trying to limit those guys to, to doing what they do best. Is there anything that happens when you're like going through your pregame preparation that lets you know you're going to be on that night? Is it a certain when they send you a certain meal? Like when they send you um, like the, no, some the spaghetti, you're going to be lit? Nah, you can just tell. Sometimes in that first, when you're in the court, you can tell how your body's feeling like, all right, my body's feeling pretty good. And you'll be making some shots. And sometimes it, it may not go the way you want, you expect it to go. Mm. You can be feeling great. You can be shooting great and then have a terrible, well, not a terrible game, but you just won't hit any shots in the game. Or you can feel not horrible. Your body can feel decently and you're not, you don't feel like when you, the ball, when you feel the ball, it's not coming off the way you normally feel. It feels weird. And you might hit all your shots that day. So, um, Sometimes it happens, but a lot of times you, you can tell when you're in the first little warm-up how you're feeling, how your body's feeling. Like, all right, today's going to be a good day. I feel pretty good. And usually you're going to go out. And some days you're like, man, it's going to be rough when I got to find a way to get myself into a mental or get my body right or I'm a little sore from yesterday doing this. And I have to figure out how to get my touch because it's not feeling like it's coming off my hands the right way. Um, I know it's going to be a, a long game, but, mm-hmm. you know, you, you never know until you get out there because lights and the cameras actually very different. The adrenaline changes everything in your shot, changes everything in your movements. So, um, so, so most times you can't really predict how it's going to go. Uh, we got one more question here. We, we're going to save the second half of this answer to the next episode because this one can go on for a while. All right, but uh, because Boris Boris Diaw recently retired, obviously. Congrats Manu- to him, man! Big shout out to Boris. Uh, I know Mono listens to a lot of podcasts. I know he listens to mine, but uh, I think Boris might listen to some too. But big shout out to those two guys, and those are my those are my guys, man. They won the championship together, and I'm happy for them. Uh, couldn't be happy for those guys that you done, you know, with, with the careers they've had. It's a, they had amazing careers, and it's been an honor to play alongside them, you know, for the last couple of years. If well, I, I'm just gonna eliminate the Spurs from this equation because it's gonna make it easy for you. Oh and, man! And I don't and I don't play that. Game. Oh man! <laughs> Give me um, what is the best big three of all time? Can't include the Spurs now. Uh, that's gonna be tough. Man. Yep. You know, I think I think that it's hard to say big three in Golden State because they have they have four and they might have five now. Yeah, well, yeah, well they started so, as a three. They started as a three, and it depends on how many championships they win. They saw a while ago. Um, so they're out the equation because they're big five. Yeah, I mean, okay, obviously, 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 my bias is Timmy Tony Modern. Yeah, but that's um, not, to okay. eliminate the Spurs, so yes. I have to go to. I have to find, you know, the Lakers team, Boston Celtics team. You can always put Miami up there, too. They have two championships with LeBron, D-Wade, and Bosh. But I can't say greatest ever. Okay. Um, you know, you still have Bird. Mikhail and, and Yes. Yeah, you got those guys. You got the... And you have Magic. Yep. Kareem. Worthy. And World Worthy. Yep. Yeah. And then, um... Probably yeah. have to go with those guys, man. You got to go with Magic, Kareem, and... That Lakers team was unreal, man. Yeah. That Lakers team was unreal. So that that might be the greatest of all time as of right now, until Golden State continues to do some some special stuff. Yeah. Outside of San Antonio, outside of San Antonio, and that's yeah that that Lakers that Lakers team with Magic when he had he had a lot of greats around. He, he was great himself. He's amazing, and he had a couple always had you know one or two great guys around him. So this so. is this is where the argument kind of started with me and some of my friends. I noticed that you didn't even you didn't mention the Bulls. I was going to, uh, but I I didn't think of a third. Ah, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'm think, I mean, I was going Scotty, Mike, of course, Scotty and Mike. But then I'm thinking, like, who would be the third? Ron, Ron and Dennis. 
Yeah, I can't. Dennis, but if not, then you have because Dennis was there with the second three rings, the, the first three, three rings, the second three rings. Who, who you could pick up? Who you, you know, Tony Ku coach, you know, you know, Ron Harper, <laughs> that that other good, really good players, but it wasn't like you know a designated Thank third you. man. Until I, I, I said, until Dennis came along, then it was more of a designated third man because Dennis he changed the game a lot, man. He's gotten Shaq's head to get people technical fouls to get him out the game. Twenty rebounds a game is you can't. It's hard to do, man. So I'm definitely putting Dennis up there when he got there. So, yeah, but you, but they were only, he's only there for three of the rings, I yeah. think. So it's hard to put him all time against the Lakers team, you know. Well, the interesting thing about Dennis and, is that Dennis was never an All Star when he was with the Bulls. Yeah, you don't have to be to you be a, to, be. to be a member of to be classified as a Big Three, right? Maybe so. Got to be able to hold. I would like to think that you have to be able to be the leader on your own individual team. Maybe so. I mean, think about Boston when they have um, Ray, Rondo, KG, and Paul. Were all four of those guys all sorts of, uh, in Boston? Were they all four all-stars? I think it's three of them, right? Yeah. They, I think it's three of them at a time. I don't think all four made it in the East at one time. Yeah. This is a debate. This is a debate. So, and Ray, so Ray was considered, he's still considered Ray. He's yeah. one of the great, he's all-star at one point, but I don't think he's all-star. And he was in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and he's a Hall of Fame player. You can't. So, Dennis Rodman, I would think he's a Hall of Fame player. So, even though he was an all star. So, you, oh, he's definitely, I mean, obviously, yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame. So, yeah. is was the Bulls a big three or a big two? Like a two and a half? For sure, big three when Dennis he's, came. But it's just that they were, it was very short span. Like, so Dennis was only there for the last three rings. Okay. So, um, so to compare to that Laker team, you know how many rings that Laker team won? Well, Magic, Magic, how many Magic's got? Magic got five. Yeah, it was it was Kareem and James there the whole time. Yeah, we gotta we gotta look into that. I think, yeah, I gotta, my history, my history's not as good as <laughs> my not as good as it should be. It's, it's the Braves, bro. It's the Braves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, <laughs> I'm thinking with the Braves, bro. They getting taken out soon. But my history is not as good as it should be. I tell you that. Well, at least you'll make some history this year, and uh, we look to make some history in here in the coming weeks with another episode of the podcast. Want to appreciate everybody for coming on, De'Aaron Fox, Bria Hartley, um, and obviously Danny here with me. We got a special episode coming up, uh, and then we will all be in Toronto, not just Danny, but myself and our producer, Amjad Osman, as the Raptors have media day in uh, mid-September. Until then, enjoy 2K. Enjoy, yes, sir. <laughs> enjoy everything else about basketball. Enjoy everything else that you can until the season starts. Danny, they made you a 75. You're going to work on that. Yeah, man, we'll, we'll get that. We'll, we'll, we'll get that right. I'm not a big 2K guy, but we're going to get no, it we better. Got, we still got to get that right. <laughs> got to get that right. Yeah, got to get that better. It's all good, though. 75, it's okay for right now. I, I expect what they probably think of me. I expect to be honest with you. Okay. Well, yeah. we'll be out there to prove them wrong. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Hopefully we can get, to, they get that up. All right, guys, enjoy your day. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.